Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Welcome everyone to an emergency episode of the NBA podcast. We have a lot to discuss today, most notably Joel Embiid signing a five-year max extension with the Philadelphia 76ers. We will also delve into a couple other extensions that have been signed, and then some of the guys who are eligible to sign one before the October 16th deadline. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Well, Brian. Ever had that experience where you're at a at a job interview and a guy looks at your resume and he goes, well, you did a lot of NBA-related stuff, huh? And you go, get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, the NBA and, you know, the salary cap and stuff like that, it's it's kind of like the NFLs, right? <laughs> In which point you completely deviate from the actual job interview and you go on a, sort of a blackout and a five to ten minute rant. I'm not sure how long I was out of it. To just point out the differences in the collective bargaining agreements for the two leagues ending of course with the phone call the following day saying um i don't think you're the right profile <laughs> i i can't say that's ever happened yet but i oh, promise you if it did happen i would be right in your shoes it would, yeah. I, would I would spend at least 20 <laughs> minutes so kudos to you for your self-restraint <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> um, unfortunately, our third co-host, Sarah Chilea, could not join us today, but she will be back for our next episode. Uh, so let's get right into it, Mort. Mm. Uh, Monday, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted that Joel Embiid had signed a five-year max extension. Uh, he reported $148 million. I've seen other numbers being thrown out as $146.5. Long story short is it's not going to be set until next summer anyway. It just val- depends on the value of the salary cap. Uh, right. Woj's pro- projection, I think, was based on a $102 million cap. The 146 number is based on $101 million. 
all this minutia really does not matter. Just saying it's a gigantic sum of money. NBA. It's a max. Right. It's, it could be a super <laughs> max if he makes an all-NBA team, wins defensive player of the year, or wins MVP. So then if he does any of those things this year, it would go up to mm. north of $175 million. Yeah, um, but he'll probably have to play more than 21 games, right? <laughs> you would. 31? And yeah, uh, <laughs> you would hope so. Uh, but so we don't know all the details yet. And the devil is going to be in the details with this one. Um, yeah. Woj reported that basically there, it's, there are salary cap protection in there for the Sixers in the event of another major injury. We don't know how much of that is guaranteed. Sham Sharania of the vertical tweeted 50%, but then he deleted that tweet. So we, it's all speculation at this point. Yeah. Um, so more, the, I guess the first question is, if you're the Sixers... Would you have signed Embiid now to this max deal, or would you wanted to wait one more year, see if he's healthy, and then do it next summer? I would, I would have waited personally, but I mean, look, I, I gotta give them credit. So this takes balls, regardless of mm-hmm. how you look at it. They were willing to invest in him. So I mean, me sitting here saying I would wait—that's just personal preference because I'm worried about the injuries. They have so much more data on him and medical histories and whatnot. So they have to feel at least a lot more secure than I do in regards to his future. And, I mean, I hope they're right because that's a hell of a lot of money to bank on this guy. But I think they understand that there is a certain risk involved because it's feet issues, for example. Mm -hmm. Those are tough to, to, you know, remove consistently. I mean, if you look back to Shaq and his big toe, like how many years did that limit his uh, durability? It, It... took like five or six years for him to even get it right and then afterwards i think it even flailed up again so it it is a concern but i I have to trust what they're doing at this point giving him this max immediately while they didn't have to really i think it shows a level of dedication i think it sends a message to the younger players that we'll take care of you we we Mm. are in this for the long haul which i appreciate i think Joel Embiid appreciates and Ben Simmons will appreciate and Markel Foles will appreciate it later on. But yeah, I mean, personally, sitting here looking at that deal, knowing that he's played just 31 career games, oof, they have balls, man. Yeah, as you can imagine, I have some takes about this. Um, I'm glad you touched on the personal side because I think that is a factor. Uh, as you said, it's it sends a good message to the rest of the young mm-hmm. guys that like, you know, we are committed to you. This is, you know, we, we're not going to continue tanking until the end of time. Like, we've assembled the core that we want. This is who we want to build around. MB's the centerpiece. You know, Mark Helfels, if, if you stop shooting free throws like a dickhead, you will be in that core as well. Ben Simmons, too. Um, so I think it, the message definitely is part of it. You know, Bobby Marks of ESPN, before the contract happened, like a couple hours before the extension was released... Uh, he posted a piece about like what the extension could look like and kind of all the different types of protections the Sixers could put in there. So they, they could put like a minutes, uh, like basically triggers to um, make more of the contract guaranteed each mm. year. So th- there's a like a minutes, uh, not limit, <laughs> the opposite of minutes limit, but like a minutes number where if he plays, you know, 1,400 minutes... Yeah, there you go. Uh, if he plays 1,400 minutes per year or, like, in a given season, you know, X percent of his contract then becomes guaranteed. 
They can also tie up to 15% in bonuses, like if you're an all-star, if you make all-NBA, if you mm. DPOY, MVP, whatever. Um, so that could be 15%. But the way Woj's reporting made it sound, he said basically unless the Sixers waive him, he's getting the full 148 or whatever it ends up being. So Marx's column also touched upon what the Nets did with Brooke Lopez when they signed him to the three-year $60 million deal a couple years ago, where you can protect against a certain injury. So, you know, whether it's the meniscus from last season, hopefully, I would assume it's going to be the foot fracture, frankly, mm-hmm. since that sidelined him for two whole years and the meniscus was allegedly a minor concern. But they could say, like, you know, if you miss... 30 plus games because you aggravated this foot injury uh only 50 percent of the remaining contract is guaranteed they would have to waive him after the first year it sounds like for that to happen but you know that gives them two years where if the foot fracture does become a problem again they can get out of it you know it's 75 million instead of 150 so again the devil's really going to be in the details here we just don't know you know how much risk like regardless it's a risk because if even if you know 50% of that thing is guaranteed that's still 75 million in the next 5 years that you could be flushing down the toilet if you know god forbid if he gets like a career threatening injury this year mm. uh so i understand the you know the wanting to wait for it but i i also wrote about this at bball breakdown um you know, I saw like a lot of that yesterday. Like, what's the incentive? Why sign him now? Why not wait until next summer? And I think it's twofold. One, if he stays healthy, you don't know he takes a contract that doesn't have all of those guarantees, right? Like, he might say, you know, I played 70 games. I played, you know, maybe I missed the all NBA team, but I played an all star caliber level. Like, I want a fully guaranteed five year deal at that point. And that, like, now the Sixers are in a tough spot because, you know, it's he still has all the injury concerns. He just made it through one season healthy. Yeah. If they weren't prepared to give him a five-year fully guaranteed deal, say they offer him the same deal next summer, half of it's guaranteed or whatever, uh, and then say, you know, a guy like Sean Marks comes along who's been, just, <laughs> who's been raining hellfire upon all restricted free agents... He comes along, gives a four-year max deal, fully guaranteed, fourth-year player option, 15% trade kicker, like his standard FU to all other teams. You know, then the Sixers not only sacrifice a year of team control, or possibly two years of team control if MB gets the player option, but then they're forced to give him the fully guaranteed deal that they didn't want to yeah. this year. So, like, I understand it's a huge risk either way, but, like, I don't... I, I don't think it's fair to characterize it as, you know, like, and I'm not saying you did this. I saw this more on Twitter yesterday, but I, I don't think it's fair to characterize it as they could have just offered him the same deal next summer because based on what we know or, you know, based on what we will find out about the amount guaranteed, um, you know, the athletics, Derek Bodner said he reported, he had a column this morning and he reported it's an unprecedented amount of money that is not guaranteed any rookie max scale deal so based on however much is not guaranteed we don't know the Sixers could have offered that next summer and had MB agree to it now that's fair logic I mean I, I can get on board with that if they knew that they were at a 
position of advantage in regards to, to this flexibility now, then sure, take it. Because as you said, hitting restricted free agency, that's a risk all on its own. And Sean Marks is the biggest troll in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. So why not? And, and again, I mean, not to, to you know repeat myself, but that message to the young kids, I think that is also very, very crucial. I mean, look, look at this message. Here's a guy who's played 31 career games and they're still banking on him. That has to just up everyone's loyalty factor among the young guys. Everyone. You, you would hope so. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that's... How many NBA teams would do this? Yeah. Realistically. I mean, it's, it's kind of tough because, like, I don't think the Sixers really had a choice here. Because regardless of whether you do it now or next summer, you have to, like, the whole thing is dependent upon a beat. Like, if he, go, if he breaks down, you have a 45 or 51 team with Simmons, Fultz, Sarich, Covington, Rashawn Holmes, you know, the rest of the guys. Yep. You have a good core. But, like, if this core is going to win a championship, Joel Embiid needs to stay healthy. Like, he is the key... They played, you know, their net rating was 3.2 with him on the court last year. That was better than all but six other teams. It was minus 7.8 with him not on the floor. That would have been the worst in the league. Like, it is not an exaggeration to say they were a 50-win team last year without Simmons, without Fultz, without J.J. Redick, with Embiid on the court, and they were worse than the 20-win Nets without him. So, like, he's it. I mean, you know, Fultz and Simmons are also huge keys and like the rest of the complimentary guys big deal as well um but it, it comes down to Embiid and I, and I think part of it also is the Sixers have like an an unprecedented amount of financial flexibility right now so they're like uniquely positioned to take advantage of this situation because right now you know assuming there are no surprises and in terms of who makes the opening night roster of the 15 guys on there, only three are not on their rookie deals. It's Jared Bayless, J.J. Redick, and Amir Johnson. Oh. So you have Ben Simmons locked up for three more years on a rookie deal. Darius Saric on three years on a rookie deal. Markel Fultz is just starting his rookie deal. You got him for four years. So even when Embiid's extension kicks in, you've got Simmons and Saric on rookie deals for two years, Fultz for three. Like You have more money to play with and put at jeopardy because you have all these other guys who will eventually be, you know, max to near max players, hopefully, you have them at a third or a fourth of what they will eventually earn. Right. And if things go to hell, they at least have skinny Jalil Okafor, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. skinny Ja. And... <laughs> no, but yeah. they, they have Rashawn Holmes, um, who, yeah. who is a starting caliber center in this league, I would argue. So if things really go south, they they could afford to waffle on the MB thing and and risk losing that money. It wouldn't be optimal, obviously, mm -hmm. but look, fingers crossed that it doesn't happen. But if he goes down and it's a career-ending injury, whatever, they would at least be at a point where they don't have to restart everything. This is not like the Bulls with Derrick Rose going down. This is not a similar situation. They have actual players <laughs> behind him, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, that's that's a major positive. And if if that fifty percent guaranteed figure is accurate, they yeah, would be paying true. him less than 
Timothy Mozgov is making per year right. and Joakim Noah is making per yep. year. Like the it Knicks would be just, an Evan Turner deal. Yeah, like the Knicks are just lighting eighteen million dollars on fire with Joakim Noah. Exactly. Like, I would rather light fifteen million dollars on fire, you know, on the thirty percent chance Joel Embiid stays healthy than, you know, eighteen million for Joakim Noah where yep. what's his like what's his ceiling right now? You know, even if he comes oh. back healthy. I, you know he's on the wrong side of thirty. I, I just and they're on they're a crowded front court already. Like I, you know I I don't think it's I just think the Sixers had to do it. We again we'll have to wait to see how much of it is guaranteed, what the triggers are to increase the amount of guaranteed money. But I don't think the Sixers are as you know as reckless as it might otherwise look based on all the reporting that's already starting to trickle out about the lack of guarantees or you know how much is guaranteed, how much isn't. So what are your expectations to Embiid now with this contract? What are you hoping for in regards to how many games he plays a year? Like, is there a minimum threshold that you need to go, yeah, yeah we got to put him here? Or are you just okay as long as he's healthy for the playoffs? Yeah, I don't care as long as he's healthy. I think you have to at this point you have to get him through a full season before you can even start thinking about that. Like I've mm. said, you know, multiple times in the past few weeks that I've been skeptical we even get fifty games out of him this year. But yeah. if he makes it through the season unscathed, that's the big thing. Like he just needs to one season needs to make it through and have a full summer to work on his game and not have to rehab. Um you know, at this point, you you still aren't sure that you can count on him to anchor your team. So, if it you know if you sacrifice a few regular season wins, that's fine. Like you're yeah. going to be a sacrificial lamb to the Golden State Warriors this year anyway. So I, I'm not, you know, I I don't think this Sixers team this year is constructed to win an NBA championship. I think they have the pieces in place that one day they will be. But right now they're all just so goddamn young that, you know, I think the biggest focus with everyone is just make it through the season healthy. Like Markel Fultz right now has a sore shoulder and a sore knee. Don't play him. Like just yep. let him get healthy. That's you know, I don't don't risk it. Like based on everything you've gone through over the past five years, do not put your players in a position where they're playing through minor injuries and they're risking them getting worse. You have the talent now. Just shut them down. Let them get right, mm-hmm. and then you know whatever. If you win thirty-five games instead of forty, and you miss a playoff spot, who cares? That's fine. Yeah, and with death comes luxury as well. Because moving forward, when you have that amount of good players at your disposal, you know Sarage, Folds, Simmons, and B, then if you have a night where you look at one of those guys and during warm-ups and they're looking a little bit shaky sit them down even if it costs a win doesn't matter because you Mm -hmm. have like a lot of guys coming off the bench as well you have a team that should be strong enough to at least beat the weaker teams in the league i mean from here on out with Embiid, i'm pretty sure that the you know the sixers are taking this approach is what whenever we feel there's a need to sit him to rest him Mm -hmm. or to take him out early we're gonna do that regardless of situation because health first and foremost Definitely, yeah, and that, I mean, and that has to be the play. I mean, yeah, he's already said he does not expect to play eighty-two games, which is fine. Yeah, like 
ever yeah. probably right and yeah. that's fine like I don't need him to be yeah. I don't need him to play 37 minutes 82 games like Carl Anthony mm-hmm. Towns like I you know I'm I'm especially like God forbid if they ever hired a guy like Thibodeau who plays his players heavy minutes like that like I if it takes 50 games to 25 minutes a game and he stays healthy the whole time yeah. fantastic that's great and especially I mean not to like come off as callous here but like they have you know both parties have 30 million dollars riding on the line this year right like if if he does end up playing 75 games and he plays 30 minutes a game he's more than likely going to make an all nba team and that turns from a max to a super max hmm. so like the sixers have incentive you know again it sounds like crass but they have incentive to limit his playing time and limit his the number of games he plays you know so that like yeah, he doesn't become a supermax. Right, yeah. it, you know, it happened with the Pelicans a couple years ago with Anthony Davis. Like, mm. not that they rested him or anything, but like he missed out on the supermax, and that put them in a better position financially. So, you know, I, I like hell. If Embiid gets the supermax, that means he play. You know, he stayed healthy. He played, I like a career high number of games. He continued performing at the level we saw next year. Like. I will be thrilled if he does get it, but there is incentive for the Sixers to rein him back in, especially this year. Let him just, you know, ease his way into a full 82-game season because he has yet to prove he can make it through one. Yeah. Uh, All right, so let's turn to the other big extension from this class so far. Gary Harris of the Denver Nuggets agreed to a four-year deal, $74 million guaranteed. It can go up to $84 million with incentives. Thoughts on that one, Mort? I mean, I it's not only when it was announced, it was announced as 84 Mm -hmm. solely. Like the 74 guaranteed came out later. So when I read it, I was like, this is a damn good deal at 84. Yeah. Now yeah. that is only seventy four guaranteed. I'm going. This is more than just a great deal. I love it. I absolutely love it for Denver. It seems just the perfect amount. Or well, actually, the eighty four million sounds like the perfect amount. But seventy four is even better for him. Um, but he he's great. He is mm-hmm. really an underrated uh, shooting guard. One of the I I. I don't really want to rank him yet because he's oh, still developing. No, do it. I was going to do this with you. So, oh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But he's he's going to be one of the better shooting guards within yeah. like a year or two. Like probably in the top seven, maybe even top five. Yeah. I mean, Lord knows, he has Jokic and Millsap now to feed him the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get a shit ton of open corner threes. He's better on the ball than he's ever been. He's also a pretty good playmaker, even though the raw stats doesn't really show it. Because year after year, he's lowered his turnover ratio and increased his assist ratio. He's still a, a hell of a shooter. He's strong. He's a big. Def- he's a great defender, and he's also like he's only six four, but he's big. Like he's physical. Mm-hmm. He's strong. He can take contact. He can get into the paint. I love this dude. I really love this contract for for Denver, and I'm kind of surprised that they got it for that price tag. I think the negotiations had a lot of focus on stats. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and roll. Like, oh, you're not averaging 25. So, right. I think that's been the argument. But, hey, you know, good on you, Denver, for getting him for that deal. 
and I don't get the Twitter backlash there was initially. Like, <laughs> right, right. Why are you that, getting a yeah? Yeah, like, that's why? that's people who don't watch the Nuggets or Gary Harris. Right, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, you just have to like go back and listen to our podcast with Matt Moore. You know, like he we talked about Denver and we specifically did. Gary Harris. And Matt is in Denver; he covers the team pretty extensively. He had glowing words about Gary Harris, and he's been all over this contract, uh, the extension talks. He was the fr- I think he was the first to report that like it was they were all but guaranteed to sign him. It was just at what price? I'm with you. I, I at 84 million, I'm happy. Like that's mm-hmm. the same money. Here's here's the question. Victor Oladipo got four years, $84 million. Who would you rather, Gary Harris or Victor Oladipo? Oh, my God, Gary Harris in a heartbeat. Right. So so here's what I wanted to do with, with the shooting guards, because I'm with you. I think I don't even think he could be a top seven. Like I think he's already a top seven shooting guard. But I think James Harden's number one with a bullet. Yeah. You've got C.J. McCollum, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, somewhere in the 2-3-4 range. I don't really care how you order them. Well, Jimmy Butler. And are we? Call- oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. He's yeah, he's he's a two. He was just playing yeah. off position because of Dwayne Wade. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Then top five is out of question, I guess. But yeah. after that, you've got Demar Derozan, you have Oladipo, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Devin Booker, you have Gary Harris. I'm picking Gary over any one of those guys not named Demar. I'm still putting Demar. Just ahead because his yeah. workload is insane. I mean, it, it's he has to do so much for that Serrano squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I, I can't. I can't put him up against Demar quite yet. But I will say one good season from Harris at this point, where he just continues to perfect his role and and just eliminate all the minor weaknesses he has. Then yeah, he's right there. Tops. I yeah. You know what? You're right. Top seven already. Yeah, or if yeah. if he's not like he's rock solid in the top ten, mm-hmm. I would argue he's top seven. I think he yeah. has, you know, I don't know if he ever gets to a Beal or a Thompson or a McCollum or a Jimmy Butler level, but like I wouldn't be totally shocked. I think, you know, I I think it's frankly a good deal for both sides because you know as you said, like I'm sure they were negotiating. Denver was negotiating from the side of well, you know. You didn't put up 25 points a game. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve DeMar DeRozan money. And Gary Harris could say, well, like, I'm about to. You know, you just lost <laughs> Danilo Gallinari. Like, who's your primary wing scorer? That's me. Like, I'm going to put up huge numbers. Yeah. I'm going to have a breakout year. Like, we, you know, we were talking about him in the most improved player race. Like, all three mm-hmm. of us, or all four of us, said, like, he's one of the early front runners for that. And it's just because of the increased opportunity. So, like, I think it was smart to get for Denver to lock him in now and get him at a less than max deal because I think he's got a breakout season coming. But Denver could also say, like, look, Gary, look what happened to the free agents this summer, especially the restricted free agents. Like, mm-hmm. the market was a lot chillier than they expected. Next summer, the cap's only going up, what, $2 million? Like, it's, you know, it, there's not going to be a lot of cap space opening up. You're competing with a bunch of top-tier free agents you know, LeBron James, not Russell Westbrook anymore, but Paul George, Chris Paul, you know, the the second-tier guys like you might get priced out of the market, so it behooves you to lock in a big-money deal now as well. So, you know, I... I yeah, I, wouldn't make I, sense. I think it wouldn't... I would not have been 
phased by 84 million for Gary Harris. I wouldn't have been phased probably if you go higher than that. But I think I wouldn't have been phased with 94 million. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's that good, and I think he's he's a integral part of Denver's future next to Jokic. I think those two make each other substantially better. So I think it's just like God, I, Denver is flirting with becoming my Western Conference team. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have Gary Harris at 84 or Andrew Wiggins at 148? Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not even close. No, me neither. And I, I'm i still on Andrew Wiggins Island. I know you're not, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I am cautiously optimistic. I'm just yeah. saying that people are crowning him too soon. That's my issue. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the thing, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still hopeful that having Jimmy Butler as a mentor is going to help him become more well-rounded. Oh, it will. Taj Gibson, too. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Wiggins have a career best year, even if he takes a step back as a scorer. But mm. Harris, you know, obviously Wiggins is a much more prolific scorer than Harris, but is there anything else that Wiggins does better aside from score than Gary Harris? Gary Harris is a better rebounder, better playmaker, better three-point shooter, better defender. It's actually a good question. In, in regards to the rebounding, I'm looking at it right now. Gary Harris is averaging two and a half boards for his career in 26 minutes. Andrew Wiggins in 36 minutes, averaging 4.1. So you can't even argue that Wiggins is a better rebounder despite yeah. being 6'8". Right, like for their respective athletic. positions and for their respective size. Like, wow. yeah, Wiggins yeah. is a very below-average rebounder. I don't think Gary Harris stands out in that regard. But no, no, not at all. But, he, but yeah. you know, he's like, he's fine. He's passable. Andrew Wiggins is below passable at this mm. point. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think there's any contest right now. Gary Harris is the better player. Like overall yeah. player than than Andrew Wiggins at this point, but he also had another year in college, so he's sure. that he's a year ahead, and that's mm-hmm. that's fine. But I, I'm just sitting here going, that contract is so great, and I was yeah. laughing my ass off when I saw people criticize it. It was like, yeah, you you guys seriously have you even watched him? No, well, but poor not. Denver. I mean, I'm sure they're looking at Duck McDermott right now and going, oh, we should have <laughs> kept him instead because. Oh man, that trade will never not be funny. So that was so bad. Um, let's get into a couple other guys who have signed extensions already. We'll briefly touch on them, and then we'll talk about some of the guys who have yet to be extended. What we think is going to happen there. So Norman Powell, we touched on briefly last episode. Four years, forty-two million. Thoughts Love there? Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Matt made a good point. He said that with that contract, now you could actually shop Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, actually. I'm mm. not sure I'm quite there yet when I'm willing to give Norman Powell like 35 minutes a night. Right. But I will be like in a year or two. Yeah, right. I don't think so, Toronto does it. You just re-upped Lowry. You just re-upped Ibaka. I think you have to give it one more run with this core. Yeah, but if, absolutely. If it goes to shit again, as it tends to do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like DeMar DeRozan's a really interesting trade candidate next summer now. And Norman yeah. Powell, you know, at, what, $10.5 million a year? That's perfect. Like he's And we be... always have the Knicks. I mean, there's <laughs> always a taker. So. Right. right. That's I mean, he, DeRozan's an L.A. guy, right? When they strike oh, out on... right, yeah. Yeah, like they could trade Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. 
here you go, Lakers fans. We were we were pimping up Paul George and LeBron James for a full year, but you know what? We got something better. Welcome our newest Laker, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, uh, it's going to be really funny when that happens. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, uh, okay, TJ Warren. and Jeff Green, yeah, obviously, Jeff. because right. why for not? Fifteen million for yeah. fifteen million. Yeah. Um, TJ Warren of the Suns got four years, fifty million. This Love one made it. me raise. Really, I, I, I like it in a vacuum, but you just drafted Josh Jackson. Yeah, but I, I know, I know, Josh Jackson can play two forward positions. I'm not concerned. Yeah, and TJ Warren, I'm he's he's slowly building up to the college hype. Like he yeah. is a great scorer. Right. The fact that he has hasn't developed his three point shot is a little bit concerning. But it seems like the shot is getting there. It seems more consistent. His release seems a little bit more compact. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in him as an offensive player. And his rebounding is also coming along. If he steps it up on defense, which I'm sure will be allowed because Devin Booker is going to take a little bit more of the offensive responsibility as he grows. I mean, he averaged 22 last year. He's probably going to average, what, 26, 27 this year. Mm-hmm. So that's going to allow... Warren to maybe participate a little bit more defensively. I think he has a great build, a great body. He's athletic, and he has a nose for scoring the basketball. Which, at the end of the day, I know we we always talk about you know being able to shoot and being able to do all this and that, but you also have to get guys who can just get buckets. <laughs> and for that for that price, I'm okay with it because it's a movable contract. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm assuming that is Phoenix's logic ultimately is that you know you, you don't want to lose a guy who has that potential like in his defense as you said especially at the beginning of last season he was playing lights out and they suffered a head injury missed a month never quite yep. got back up to that level but like he was one of the like the biggest surprises of the first month of last season so i don't begrudge phoenix for this i mean whatever like you're you're rebuilding anyway you're kind of in a similar situation to philly like you don't need to cap space doesn't really matter that much for the mm. next year or two so retain your young players and then if you need to package them later in a in a trade that's fine uh it just kind of maybe raised my eyebrows because it you know I, i'm interested to see what it means for josh jackson especially in terms of playing right. time because you've got bender you have chris you have alan williams i know is hurt but you have you just re-signed him you have alex len for a year so the front court's like pretty well stocked already are you going to play like some Devin Booker at the one, Josh Jackson at the two, TJ Warren at the three? I wouldn't mind Booker a little bit at the one. He was a pretty good pick and roll player. Yeah, like he played well in that role last season, and Earl Watson said he's going to use him more in that role this year. I'm just not sure Earl Watson is the right guy to. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's yeah. true. But right. in your, in your point about TJ Warren, I mean, before he went down with the head turn, he averaged 20 and 5. Yeah, he was playing. That was Lights very out. good. Yeah, he yeah. was. So, I mean, and that's taking into account you know, that he was still playing alongside Devin Booker, who was scoring at mm-hmm. will even then. He, he had yeah. a hot season. So, yeah. uh, I'm high on TJ Warren if he can find the right footing. Maybe that's not in Phoenix, though. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he was moved. I mean, Lord knows where right now. I can't really come up with a team that fits, but... He could be a slightly poor man's version of DeMar DeRozan. And mm. for $50 million, yeah, I'll take that. 
Yeah. The price isn't prohibitive enough where I'm really all that upset about the deal. It's, it was yeah. more just like, I when, it, when they drafted Josh Jackson, I thought that did not bode well for TJ Warren's long-term future in Phoenix, but I was proven wrong. Yeah, they, uh, they, he, they still have a he's he's probably still going to need a couple of years Josh Jackson yeah that's true so that's true yeah uh, all right last guy who has signed so far Josh Richardson four years forty two million the same deal Norman Powell got mm-hmm. thoughts love that one too yeah I'm I mean I'm not down on a lot of these contracts no. I really am not if, NBA general managers have been smart this this year <laughs> I know it's unless of course you you know you trade. Jimmy Butler and Paul George for peanuts, and you sign <laughs> Tim Hardaway to a deal. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. outside of that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, oh, Josh, yeah, Josh Richardson's incredible. Like he's really good. Yep. And and Dion Waiters, like that ankle thing, still sounds like it's bothering him a little bit. You need insurance at the two if you're Miami. I, like I, I don't. Know. I mean, Josh Richardson's one of the rare guys who could like. There aren't many guys in the NBA who can average a steal, a block, and a three-pointer per game. I think there were only five last season. Mm-hmm. After the All-Star break, Josh Richardson did that. Like, he has that rare two-way skill set that, you know, I just think he's... You, Miami would have screwed up if they let him go. So, at mm-hmm. the price, that was the most he could have gotten um, because he was a second-round pick. At $10 million a year, or $10.5 million, totally worth keeping him for that yeah no problem at all with that deal nope and i i think he had a down year shooting i i'm not i'm not suggesting his 46 percent from behind the arc his rookie season is the norm right but 33 percent i just he he didn't seem to have a shot going for him last year so i i think there's a middle ground there he was like 39 percent overall is that right somewhere around there for the career or last year no 33 Behind, no, I mean 39%. Oh, overall. yeah, overall. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 39, 39.4. Right, yeah. And I his true think... shooting percentage dipped below 50. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think his... I don't think he's going to be, as you said, 46. I think it's somewhere in the middle is probably yeah. what to expect moving forward. A Seth Curry kind of percentage. Yeah, that sounds... Okay. Uh, let's briefly touch upon there are a bunch of guys who are eligible for deals that have not signed yet. So let's just go through, say, would you re- re-sign them? And if so, for what? <laughs> let's start with possibly the trickiest one left now that MB designed Jabari yeah. Parker. Oh, that I, I was dreading this question because yeah. with two ACL tears on the same knee, yep. I'm just not sure what to expect. I'm going to go no. I'm not... Yeah. I'm not interested in, in extending this guy right now. I'm going to have to wait to restricted free agency, and I'm, I'll have my doctors and my trainers look at him extensively. So if an offer sheet comes in from Sean Marks, obviously, <laughs> right. you know, I'm, I'm going to have to really make use of all the available time and make a decision from there. Um, and even so, my first... Uh, first thought is i wouldn't match if it's like a max deal like i wouldn't dare it's two acl tears on the same knee yeah i mean oh and and he's he's really a high flyer he uses athleticism a lot i'm not sure he has the floor game to really bounce back mm-hmm. 
I mean, he was showing out before he got hurt. Like, he was having by far a career best year. He really looked like he could turn into the sidekick, you know. Oh, for sure. That Giannis needed. And then when Chris Middleton got back, like, there was real optimism in Mm -hmm. Milwaukee. That lasted for 24 minutes of game time. Um, but I'm with you. I, you know, it, it sounds weird. It, is it like hypocritical to say I'm okay with an Embiid extension and then not with a Jabari? But like you, it's two ACLs in the same knee, and at least you know Embiid, the ceiling is a top ten, top five even NBA player. Like Jabari, the ceiling is All Star, but I don't think yeah. he's ever going to be a top ten NBA player. Agreed. So yeah, I. You know, the Bucks play better without him too, right? Yeah, I mean, I would argue, yes, but you know, you you don't want to let a number two overall pick go for nothing. So I, no, I no, could, no, no. Yeah, like I, I could understand. I'm not going to be shocked if they do extend him, but I think if you do go that route, I hope you take a lesson from the Sixers and it's not all fully guaranteed, at least. Yeah. Uh, a similar deal as to Embiid's, but with lower raw cash volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would yeah. probably get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I because I, I don't I think if you do a five year, it has to be the max. So at that point, I mean, yeah, I guess if if you're doing that, you might as well just wait because there's no, you know, I guess if you can get them at four year deal for slightly less than the max that's better than having to match a four-year fully guaranteed max next summer but yeah he's not even going to be back until february so there's not going to be much time to gauge you know both for the bucks and for other suitors like gauge how well he's recovered from that acl and how it's affected his game right a two-month period is virtually nothing i mean after those two injuries yeah right okay uh aaron gordon (laughs) <laughs> let's assume the magic play him at the four the whole year are we really expecting logic from orlando at this point though they did not sign anyone or trade for anyone who plays at Eric Gordon's <laughs> best position that's true which is novel so yeah <laughs> he is clearly better at the four yeah i don't think he's lived up to the expectations but that's you know more so on orlando's part than it is himself Mm-hmm. he's a streaky shooter he doesn't get to the line a whole lot I thought he would be a better rebounder but he's still athletic as hell and his skill set is improving yeah I, I would extend and I would probably give him something along the lines that what Gary Harris got in terms of the guaranteed money mm-hmm. so 74, 75 million mm-hmm. over 4 years yeah I was yeah. going to say four years, 70, so we're on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, after, I'm just not willing to give yeah. him more. After the All-Star break, each of the last two years, which is when they moved him from the three to the four, he's exploded. And then mm. <laughs> in 2015-16, he explodes. They trade for Serge Ibaka, shift him down positions. He gets benched for a while. Like he, Last season was just a debacle. But then they trade Ibaka, and in the last two months, he explodes again. So, you know, I think... If you're Orlando, you want to ink him now before he has a full season playing his best position and explodes and the rest of the league can see it. But if I'm Aaron Gordon, I might, I mean, I might not want to sign an extension. I guess, you, you know, maybe you do for injury guarantees, but 
I, well, Eric Gordon might just... two players take the qualifying offer this summer. That's true, yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, Aaron Gordon just might want the hell out of Orlando so he can go to a team Wouldn't that knows how to him. use him. Yeah. Wouldn't blame him. Uh, Dante Exum, another tricky one. Expected okay. to miss much of the season with yeah. a shoulder injury. Yeah, potentially all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, missed an entire season with a torn ACL. Yep. Hasn't been fantastic in the two seasons he's played. He had a rough rookie year. Looked better in his third season, which technically was his second season that he played, at least defensively speaking. He's never going to be an offensive monster by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure. I I would probably offer him something, but it would have to be really, really cheap mm-hmm. at this point. I'm not buying into the, you know, the big Dante Exum hype just yet. I would need to see him healthy for a longer for for an extended period of time, and I would also need to see some bigger improvements in his game. So four years, forty. Yeah, I would lowball the shit out of him. Yep. And if he signs, that's great. But otherwise, if he's gonna miss most most or all of the season, our team's really gonna be like banging down his door midnight July first with huge money offers. I don't think no. so. Like let no. the let the market set the price on him, and then make that decision next summer. I think there are just too many variables in Utah, especially with a guy who we'll get to a little bit later, that uh, I would not... I, like, I, I would lean toward... I mean, I guess you offer him, like, a, <laughs> an insultingly low deal, and if he yeah. turns you down, that's fine. But, like, I, I would lean toward not extending him at all. Um, Marcus Smart, so Sham Sharani of the Vertical yet on Monday posted a story saying he wants desperately to stay in Boston, but the Celtics have not reached out with an extension offer. Yeah, he's looked good this mm-hmm. preseason. He's looked really good, but this is preseason. Right. This guy has never broken 37% from the field in <laughs> any of his NBA careers. He's tremendous defensively he's a great rebounder for his position he's a developing playmaker he can get into the lane he can get to the line still worried about that lacking jump shot mm-hmm. really really lacking jump shot an optimistic me would offer him 15 million if a year if i believed that he was you know going to improve in that area like significantly yep. but given the track record so far i'm i'm not quite there probably in the 12 million range initially mm-hmm. and then if he yeah then if he has a good season then those numbers are out the window because that's going to increase uh, in in an open market but yeah I, i'm not at the, i'm not all the way on 15 yet not yeah. all the way there but he, he we could reach that point i was gonna say four years 60 so i, w- I yeah. was at 15 because i feel like if you're Boston, you want to split the difference between what Deion Waiters got, which is four years, 52, and what Tim Hardaway got, which is four years, 71. So call it That's 60. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think the jumper is a huge concern. Um, the defense, I think, is otherworldly. I know our boy James mm. Hollis, you know, is uh, <laughs> one of the biggest Marcus Smart stands out there. So I'm sure he's going to listen to this and think we're lowballing Marcus by about 30 million but I think I think 60 million is a fair price at that you know and then if not like again for the for most of these guys the worst case scenario is 
you let them test restricted free agency on a market where very few teams are going to have cap space. So, mm. you know, they they might it might be a Andre Roberson situation where you get offered four years, forty eight, turn it down, end up signing three thirty. Like you might cost yourself money if you turn down, you know, a reasonably fair deal right now. Yeah. I will say this. I am intrigued by the fact that he dropped like 20, 25 pounds. I mean, he's yeah. looking really, really good out there mm-hmm. in preseason right now. And that factored in to where I'm at financially. Like, I mm-hmm. probably added a few million just because of preseason <laughs> right now. So, um, I get I get the fascination, though. Because yeah. offensively speaking, it's not like he's a lost cause. The fact no. that he can get into the lane, the fact that he is that big and has a good enough handle to get to the rim in the first place, those are really, really encouraging signs. So it's a tough one. It's, it's the, the efficiency has just not been there, and that's a tremendous concern for me. You and, have to be efficient in this league. And didn't you know he guarded Paul Millsap in the playoffs? Hey, yeah, he did. <laughs> it was wonderful. And he uh, played 28% of his minutes last year at small forward. There we so go. So he's versatile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And that fits in Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens would love to have him for, you know, until the end of time, but we'll, mm. he's got a bunch of other rangy wings as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if Boston did not extend him, see if his shot improves, and then just get him next summer. But yeah. uh, I think either way, he's going to be in Boston for a while. It's just how it gets decided. Julius Randle, I do not know if he's going to be in L.A. for a while. What do you think about him? Probably an extent. Really? Yeah. He's good. He is is good. good. He's he's just not being used in the way that he should, and he was a little bit chubby over the first (laughs) years of his career. He's lost weight. Lord knows we talked about his photos coming out in the summer. He looked Mm -hmm. ribbed and ready. And he's got a great handle for a guy that size he's a very good rebounder his scoring is slowly but surely coming along the efficiency is creeping up i would i would probably go four years 60 if you were if this was any team but the lakers i would agree and i would say that's a totally fair reasonable price because the lakers are saving their cap space for their lebron paul george overtures right right i think there is no way julius randall gets extended i think they oh no no i i agree he's not yeah. getting it but we're talking about whether right. he hypothetically it. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean I, I think as you said they're not using him correctly and now they're not letting him handle the ball in transition that's the worst thing i've heard i yeah. just don't understand I, and luke walton of all people Right. Like, he had Draymond. What, yeah. What's the logic behind this decision? I feel like it's handed up, or handed down from the higher-ups, and he but just the magic be... was 6'9". He, he, of all people, know. should know the benefits. Jesus. I, I don't understand it. Alfred Payton. Non-shooter. But it, he's a good playmaker. His defense, you know, I think his defense has been worse than advertised. Mm-hmm. But he does have these periods where he just turns it on and becomes Marcus Smart-esque. Mm-hmm. But the, the lack of consistency worries me. So I'd probably top it out at uh, maybe 442, like a similar deal oh, from wow. Paul. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I oh, know. Man. But, but the, you know, here's the thing. He's a great rebounder. 
He's a very good playmaker as well. So, and and if that defense can just become that slightly more consistent, mm-hmm. because we argued that the vast majority of the value in a Marcus Smart deal was his defense, and and Peyton is not a bad defender by at all. He's a good defender. We just all thought he would be like an all leaguer, and he hasn't been. But I'm not saying the potential isn't there. So. 442 based on defensive potential. However, having said that, I could also see a significantly lower price tag. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to Orlando lowballing the hell out of him. His agent would hang up immediately on you. There is no way he's taking 442. No, but no, no. But that said, I wouldn't extend him. I, I yeah. think... I, I, how many teams in the league need a point guard right now? Well... I know the Bulls. He, I was going to say, you know, they have four point guards <laughs> yeah. in the future, the Bulls. Are. Right. And, um, like, maybe the Knicks, yeah. if Natila Kina doesn't work out. Right. But... Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, it's a stacked position. I don't think teams are going to be banging down his door in free agency next summer. No, but he's got some leverage as well, because remember that he more or less made Scott Skiles quit. Scott Skiles... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, went to, the, to, went to the front office and said, you know, I, we need a new point guard. Yep. And they said no. They're all in on, on Peyton. Like mm-hmm. Peyton and his agent knows this, so that is going to be a tool in these negotiations, undoubtedly. So yeah, that's true. But you're yeah. right. They're not going to accept four forty two. He because of his draft slot, because of the minutes he's played, the role he's been given, all these things. But yeah, and in his defense, he played really well after the All Star break too. He averaged somewhere around like fifteen points, I think eight assists, seven rebounds yeah. a night. So, if I'm Orlando, that's what I want to see. I want to see is this guy the point guard of the future? Can was that just like a fluke because it's after the All Star break and teams you know start tanking excessively? Like, can he put that together for a full season? Can that jumper improve? If not, I'm probably going to be in the top five, and I'm going to be looking for a point guard in the draft. And just to note, you know, people are looking at those stats, and they, I, I agree, raw, from a raw perspective, they were fine, mm-hmm. but if you if you ignore the six games he played in April, he had only two threes after the All-Star break. Oh my god. So, <laughs> I mean, again, the lack of jump shot and yeah. the lack of consistency on the defense event, those are just... I can't. I can't get over that those issues at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel if I was sitting in a GM seat. I wouldn't feel confident in giving him more than forty two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could. I could be. You know, be swayed to forty five maybe, but fifty, fifty five, sixty. No way in hell I'm giving that that up. Yeah. Then I, I scour the D league instead, or I I'm settle myself in to find a point guard late in the first round. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, and that that lack of a jumper is a big issue in a lineup with Aaron Gordon, who's also not a great shooter. Mm. It doesn't matter who you play at center, either Vucevic or Biombo. Neither of them have any semblance of a jump shot. Like, yeah. you need a point guard who can shoot if you're playing next to two non-shooters in the front court, and Peyton isn't that. So it's it's a I would not I would be very surprised of the two Orlando guys. I would not be very surprised if. Gordon signs, I'd be very surprised if Peyton gets an extension. Yeah. Let's go to your new boy, Zach Levine. Would not extend, but that's not because of lack of talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, his cap hold is $9.6 million hmm. for next summer. 
the Bulls mm-hmm. have already made it clear they want to be free agency players, which, which it's a great pitch, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we won 21 games or thereabouts. <laughs> right. Come join us. We're going to be great. Yeah. Um, so if you extend him now, that, that money is going to be active by July 1, meaning less cap space. Mm-hmm. And a 9.6 cap hold was a lot back in the day, but it's not a lot right now. And having a low cap hold is pretty beneficial. We saw the effect that it had for San Antonio with Kawhi having, I think it was $7.1 million mm-hmm. in a cap hold. That allowed them to sign LaMarcus Aldrich. So that sort of flexibility is just needed if you want to be a free agency player, which, you know, the Bulls shouldn't be a free agency <laughs> player because that's just ridiculous, but they've always been fond of free agency. So, you know, let the baby have its bottle. Um, what he's worth though that's the interesting part because Mm -hmm. he was the second was the second or third worst defensive player in the league Mm -hmm. last year like that's almost impressive (laughs) (laughs) he was right there with Julio Okafor yep and that's additionally impressive when you're that athletic yeah I mean, he should be running dudes down and getting in their face. There is no excuse, especially when you have, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins alongside you who are taking care of the offense. So I'm not really uh, in love with Zach Levine at all. His offense is intriguing if he gets healthy. There's Mm -hmm. just that minor ACL tear also (laughs) to take into consideration. Um I know a lot of people would say, oh, he's undoubtedly 20, 20 plus million a year easy. I'm not there. I'm not there at all. I'm like 460, 65 because I hate players who don't play defense. Yeah. I, I think your point about the cap hold is especially relevant. And I think that's why they're ultimately not going to sign him. I, If I'm the Bulls, I wait to see how he comes back from the ACL. You know, as you mentioned, He's very reliant on that athleticism, so I want to see if that if he didn't lose even like half a step from the ACL tear, if he's still the same type of freakish athletic talent that he was in Minnesota. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't, as you as you said, I don't know that the Bulls are going to land anyone in free agency. They're not getting a superstar. Maybe they well, get... let's see. I mean, who are on the market next year who is over the age of 33 and <laughs> yeah. on the decline? Right. Hmm. I mean, I guess this frees them up to overpay Alfred Payton or Dante Exum. So that's fun. Or Jabari Parker, Chicago native Jabari Parker. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, Lord forbid they go another season without having one from Chicago, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I know, from yeah. Chicago. I, I know. No, no, no. I, 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 was, I played a Duke. Jabari, listen. We are going to introduce you as from Chicago because that's what Derek Rose is. That's what Dwayne Wade did. Oh, and that's yeah. goddammit what you did too. Okay? Oh, Come on. God. They're not going to have that this year. Man, it's the only good part of the Bulls games except for the Dashing Donut race. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, that's not there anymore. What? Yeah. Oh, God. There's no point in going to the Bulls games anymore. Did there Was there any point to begin with? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yusuf Nurkic. It's an interesting one. I mean, it's a low sample size given his time in Denver, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to be able to, you know, carry on that success. Mm-hmm. He seemed 
rejuvenated. The talent was never a question. Right. That's that's there. It's always been there. Yep. Eighteen million a year at the least, and mm-hmm. all the way up to about twenty, maybe. Yeah, I would do four years eighty without hesitation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked with Matt about Nurkic too that last episode, and I mean. As you said, the talent has always been there. It's the attitude that was the question. He kind yeah. of just sulked. Oh, in right. Denver. He touched on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I just think, I, you know, I continue to say this. I picked Portland not as a playoff team last year. They were pretty mediocre up until the All Star break. They trade for Nurkic. They storm into the playoffs. I am forever bitter at Yusuf Nurkic for ruining that prediction of mine. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, he just fits so well. With yeah. Dame and CJ, I think he's the perfect complement on both ends of the court. So I, I, you know, whether they sign him now or sign him next summer, I think they can't afford to lose him. And I would pretty happily, you know, I know they are in just absolute salary cap hell after what they did in 2016. But I think he's the type of player you can't lose. Like you, just because you screwed up signing Evan Turner doesn't mean you should allow. Yusuf Nurkic to walk because you don't have an incumbent replacement. Like Zach Collins is not going to cut it as his replacement, so you well, got to keep Nurkic. Damn it, Brian! We just figured out a solution to Chicago's not having a Chicago player. Uh-huh, problem. Evan Turner. Evan Turner is from Chicago. <laughs> oh God! Send Evan Turner to Chicago. They, hey, look, the Bulls were supposedly interested in taking on a big deal for you know some sort of asset. I'm not yeah. sure what Portland could send in return. Maybe Throw any pick. Any pay, whatever. And then, yeah. yeah. So, there you go, Bulls. You can still have your From Chicago introduction. Problem yeah. solved. And oh, Portland will get man. immediate cap relief. That's a pretty good one, actually. Just lottery protect a pick. Package it with Evan Turner. Why not? Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. Really interesting one. Rodney Hood. Yeah. Uh, that was that was the second toughest one. The first one for me was Jabari. Just because yeah. of the yeah. Okay, so Hood is a strong scorer. He had mm-hmm. a sort of a down year last year. His defense is on and off. I feel I could be wrong. I'm not sure how you gauge his defensive prowess. I I I don't think it's consistent. Mm-hmm. But I do think that his physical profile is intriguing. I think he has potential on that end of the floor. I don't think he's going to reach the defensive potential this year because he's going to be asked to score a lot. Yeah. So, probably in the round, in in you know, in the area of fifty, no, more seventeen million a year, probably. I think his agent comes. Oh yeah. With well, he just comes with Gary Harris's contract. Yeah. He plops it on the probably. desk of Dennis Lindsay, and he says, "Give me this exact deal." Because they're in very similar situations where uh, both of them are going to have a significantly increased opportunity this year because mm-hmm. of off-season departures. I think Rodney Hood's going to move into that primary wing scorer role for Utah. Yep. Um, as you said, I mean, I don't want to say he had a disappointing year, but like both of those guys took a major step forward from year one to year two. And then just in terms of like per-game output, neither one took as big of a leap from year two to year three. Hood had, well, both of them actually had injury issues last year. Hood had some knee stuff, I believe. Mm. Um, So, I mean, I think if you're Utah, you have to, uh, 
I mean, I'd be very reluctant to let him test restricted free agency because I really expect him to have a pretty, you know, a, a breakout year. Um, so I, mean, I personally, would... I wouldn't mind because that means more minutes for Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> oh my God, you was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think 470 is the absolute lowest that Hood should be willing to settle for. But you know, I would not go above 484 if that's what Gary Harris got. But like, I if I'm Utah and he's willing to sign the exact same contract as Gary Harris, I, I pretty happily take that. But we agree that Gary Harris is the superior player, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. But by a pretty considerable margin. Yeah, I, I think Gary Harris is not going to have to play the same type of role that Rodney Hood is because he Agreed. has ner- or, um, Jokic, Jokic and he and has Millsap and he's you know uh, Wilson Chandler played really well last year coming mm. off the hip injury Jamal Murray like Gary Harris doesn't need to be that primary takeover scorer he can be more of a complimentary offensive option catch and shoot three point guy Hood needs to be a 20 point per game score because they like I don't know how this team manufactures offense otherwise yeah. so like <laughs> Ricky Rubio <laughs> right yeah it's like Ricky Rubio Rudy Gobert both like you know their pick and roll is going to be insane but uh Derek Favors is actually looking good in preseason so mm-hmm. like they have options but like I'm expecting Hood to go from 14 points a game to close to 20 and we know that you know it's it's dumb, but general managers often tend to reward players uh, contractually when they have these big jumps like that. So I think you know he's in line to make a significant amount of money, whether it's this year or next year. I think Utah should try to get ahead of that, lock him in now. You know you, you you just don't want, especially after you just lost Gordon Hayward, like you don't want to run the risk of another guy leaving. Like yeah. You know, because I don't think he's gonna get maxed no matter what happens next summer or this coming year. I like, who knows though? Like the the NBA is weird. It takes all it takes is one team to hand him a max offer, and then you're regretting like, oh damn, maybe I should have just paid him seventy five million last summer. Yeah, no, you, you might be right, but uh, oh, I hate the thought of Rodney Hood earning more than than Gary Harris. But, yeah, yeah. I I, just, I think four years sixty eight would be pretty fitting for for Hood, but I agree that they are going to compare, and I'm more than likely you're right. They are going to show Gary Harris's contract. They're probably not even going to say give us the seventy five guarantee. They're probably going to go in go, say yeah. eighty four, yeah, right. eighty four guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one of note. I mean, there we skipped over a couple guys like Nick Stauskas is not getting extended. Noah Vonley is not getting extended. Doug McDermott is not getting extended. So what? Is... Doug McDermott <laughs> is not going to get extended? Well, are you kidding me? I should take that back. The Knicks are unpredictable, so maybe <laughs> they actually will. But we skipped over some guys who are eligible but are yeah. probably not going to get extended. Last one uh, of guys who at least the conversation is interesting. Clint Capella. I would give him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of money. But the exact amount, probably similar to Jokic. Four eighty. Wow. So twenty a year. I'm I'm really high on Clint Capella as a role man in that Rockets offense. By the way, this is weird as hell. On the basketball reference site for Clint Capella, you know every year they have these projections statistical projections mm-hmm. 
Yeah. For some reason, despite having never hit a three-point shot in his career, <laughs> he's projected as shooting 35.1% from downtown this coming season. How many threes in total? Do they say? It, it doesn't say mm. at all. But I was just like, okay, that's random. Chris Paul's uh, a magician. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to turn Clint Capell into 35% free point shooter. <laughs> but, okay, he can anchor a defense. He's a great role man. He's a wonderful rebounder. And he's a sneaky good scorer. I yeah. mean, he he's 12.6 a game in just less than a half of mm-hmm. play. $20 million a year. I would not look down upon that at all. I, I don't think that's too much money. And if, especially when you factor in his age. He's 23. Yeah. Good lord. And he's long. And he's healthy. Why not? That's tough. Yeah, I wasn't going to go as high as 20. But I, I could be talked into 20. I was going to say like four years. Whatever DeAndre Jordan's earning, just give him the same deal. Uh, I, I, or he's earning a lot more, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I guess. Well, didn't he? Well, he signed a couple years ago, right? So he was under the old cap. Was the, oh, was the whole uh, Dallas situation mm-hmm, under? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, that was twenty fifteen. Yeah. So that was right before the jump. I think he only got like four years seventy. I could uh, be wrong though. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, you could talk me into twenty million. Regardless, I think you're right that he's gonna get paid a substantial amount of money. I think he's basically I, I could made the DeAndre Jordan comparison because I think he's just going to be Houston's version of that, but yeah. actually slightly more versatile offensively. But you know, with Chris Paul and James Harden both feeding him lobs, he's going to eat. He's going to put up a career high number of points. He's a good rebounder, a good shot blocker. Uh surprisingly versatile defensively mm-hmm. so developing three throw shooter as well yeah right right he went from like six what like 17 percent as a rookie to around 54 yeah. now yep so yeah i mean i still not good by any stretch of the imagination but not 17 percent. so so that's something but yeah and if you could get that up to 65 yeah yeah i mean that i guess that is the one concern is, you know, we already saw teams last year go to the hack of Capella. If he does not continue making strides from the free throw line, you know, we've seen it with Andre Drummond in Detroit, especially. Like, Stan Van Gundy has to pull him off the floor at the end of the games, or at least until there are two minutes left, because he just can't afford. Yeah. But didn't they change the rules, right? Yeah, the, the two-minute thing? Yeah. Pretty sure. Okay. So, yeah, maybe, maybe the hack of Capella is not as big of a deal. And DeAndre Jordan signed for $88 million over four. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. never mind. All right, four years, 80. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to get paid. He's, uh, he should. I mean, mm. here's a question. Mm. Him or Nerlens Noel? Capella. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it, it feels dirty to say Just because of the knee stuff with Nerlens. The knee stuff and the fact that Capella is also a developing scorer. He just yeah. offers a little bit more. I obviously defensively Noella is better and right now by a somewhat fair margin. Uh-huh. But I could I could see that margin be minimized somewhat and I don't expect the difference offensively. Yeah. To to uh go the same route because Snurlin seems to be what he is. Mhm. So 
I'm also concerned that, like, New Orleans just might be a giant dickhead. Like, I think... I mean, the Sixers, like, kind of beat around the bush a little bit about that. And that, like, Dallas really isn't. Like, you know, within, like, a week or two of him coming, and he missed the team playing, and then Rick Carlisle said he, like, texted Elton Brand and was like, yo, you were mentoring this kid for two years? You did a crap job. And, like, you know, the whole... The negotiations this summer seemed rather contentious, like... I don't know. There, I, I have no inside knowledge about this, but there are a mounting number of red flags about Noel where I think we're right to say if you had to choose one at the same price, you would go Capella. Like, yeah. if New Orleans wound up signing for half the price, I would take New Orleans. But at the same price, I would probably go Capella. And I feel dirty saying that because I spent a long time defending New Orleans over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, sorry, buddy. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so that is going to do it today for this episode of the NBA Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. Also, check us out on iTunes. Please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Next time, it's going to be our last episode, presumably, before the season starts, so we're going to talk about some of the big preseason developments and the things we're excited to watch this season. Until then, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I am going to go watch the new show that Gilbert Arenas and Mia Khalifa has just announced, because that pairing makes sense. The, the porn star Mia Khalifa? Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. And we're going to talk about that, too, next episode. Stay tuned. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids' and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.